This is the Late Round Podcast with your host, JJ Zacharisa. What's up, everyone? It's JJ Zacharyson, the editor-in-chief at FanDuel and at NumberFire.com. And this is episode 582 of the Late Round Podcast, the many shows that are part of the FanDuel Podcast Network. Thanks for tuning in. Last week's sleeper show wasn't so bad. I once again did a bad job looking at the high-end players to bench, where I called out Antonio Gibson as a sit and told you to temper expectations with Patrick Mahomes. That was all given his recent performances. And I also missed on Jamison Crowder, Eno Benjamin, Zach Paschal, and Van Jefferson. But Mark Ingram was obviously good without Alvin Kamara. Taylor Heineke ended up being the QB10 last week. Dan Arnold kept doing his thing. Jamal Agnew had a big touchdown. James Washington scored. Amon Ross St. Brown had his second double-digit point performance of the season, and both defenses were viable streamers. Not the best week in the world, but there were some good hits in there. I'll take it. Before getting to this week's sleepers, I want to remind you that each week, FanDuel is offering fans the chance to win prizes by participating in daily fantasy football on Sundays. The prize pool for this week's Sunday Million is a whopping $1.75 million, with first place taking home $300,000. All you have to do is head over to FanDuel today and click on the NFL Sunday Million Contest. Draft your lineup of players, sit back, and enjoy some football. Go to FanDuel.com today to participate in the NFL Sunday Million. Eligibility restrictions apply. Go to FanDuel.com or download the FanDuel app for more details. The first tier of players that I talk about on this show are guys who are rostered in 25-50% to of Yahoo leagues. So they're not super deep sleepers, but they should be available for a start for a good number of people listening to this show. Let's kick things off with Daniel Jones. I actually like another streamer more this week than Jones, but I'll get to that in a second. But I like Danny Dimes. I think that he works against Tampa Bay. The Bucks are the 13th best opponent for quarterbacks when it comes to adjusted fantasy points allowed this season. And then I'm intrigued by two other things with Jones. First, in what could easily be a negative game script, we may see him take off and scramble more. That's big for his fantasy value. Second, this is arguably the healthiest his weapons have been all season long. That could help him be more efficient through the air in order to keep pace with Tom Brady. So in this tier, I like Jones. But like I said, I've got another streamer who I like more this week. I talked about Deontay Foreman on the 15 transactions show earlier in the week, and I think he works this week if you're a little bit desperate. Not only did things flip in week 10 with him leading the backfield in rush attempts, but we've got a revenge game narrative. I don't actually care about that, but it's fun that he's playing against the team that drafted him back in 2017. What's really fun for Foreman is that the Titans are 10.5 point home favorites. A positive game script would lead to more rushing, and more rushing means more volume for Deontay Foreman in a plus matchup. Houston ranks 10th in adjusted points allowed to running backs this year. I've got Jeff Wilson on the list for this tier as well. Elijah Mitchell had surgery on a fractured finger on Monday, though he could still play this weekend. If he doesn't, Jeff Wilson could be in store for a bigger workload. The Jags are pretty average against the run. They're better than you'd probably expect, though. They rank 16th in success rate allowed to running backs. That's according to Numberfire's expected points model. And they're the 12th best matchup when looking at adjusted fantasy points allowed. Wilson was thrown into the 49ers offense more this past week with a 27% running back rush share. And I'd trust him over Trey Sermon if Elijah Mitchell doesn't go. I talked about Robbie Anderson on yesterday's show, and he's kind of interesting this week. We've got Cam Newton back and under center for Carolina, so there may be different tendencies within the offense. In fact, we should probably expect there to be different tendencies. Anderson last week without Darnold had a respectable 19% target share, and he found the end zone. 
Now he gets a Washington secondary that's been third best for wide receivers and adjusted fantasy points allowed, despite an adjusted target share allowed, ranking 13th. Meaning wide receivers are being targeted against Washington at a pretty normal rate, just an above average rate. But they're doing really well against them. So Anderson is incredibly risky given what he's done this year, but as a sleeper, I don't mind him. And then I've been talking about Dan Arnold forever on this show, so let's not use him as a streamer this week. You all know to add him and use him. Instead, I think Tyler Conklin makes a ton of sense. He's had double-digit PPR points in three of his last four and an 18% target share per game during this time. He's averaged six targets per game over his last four. Now he gets the Packers. Green Bay is eighth in adjusted target share allowed to tight ends and they're seventh in adjusted points allowed to the position. So I think Conklin makes a lot of sense as a streamer in this tier. The next tier of players are rostered in about 10 to 25% of Yahoo leagues, and this is where I'm going to talk about my top quarterback streamer, Tua Tungavailoa. I talked up Tua on Tuesday's 15 transaction show, and I think you have to love him against the Jets this week. Tua has started and finished just four games this year. In two of those games, he faced New England and Buffalo, two really tough matchups. He scored 16 and 15 fantasy points against them, though, which is not really that bad. In his other two, he had two plus matchups against Atlanta and Jacksonville. He scored 21.4 and 26.5 points in those two games. The Jets ranked ninth in adjusted points allowed to quarterbacks this year. So Tua makes a lot of sense as a result. It's really tough to find reasonable running backs for this show, but I want to at least include some, so let's talk about Wayne Gallman. There's a chance that Cordero Patterson plays against New England on Thursday night, but if he's out, Gallman should be in store for some work. I'd expect Mike Davis to see an uptick in volume, but Davis has seen his workload drop pretty significantly since the first few weeks of the season. I do think Gallman is more of a desperation play than anything else, though. They likely used him last week because of Patterson's injury, combined with them having a short week and it being a blowout. They got crushed by the Cowboys. So temper expectations. He's just a running back who you could consider starting if you're in a pinch. We learned on Wednesday that Joe Flacco is going to start for the Jets this week. And no, I'm not recommending him as a streamer. I'm going to go back to Jamison Crowder, though. He continues to play the majority of his snaps from the slot, and that's the matchup to exploit against Miami. The Dolphins rank first in slot targets allowed, slot receptions allowed, percentage of targets that go to that area of the field, slot yards allowed. They've been the team in football this year that's been worst against the slot. So Crowder could benefit big time from this matchup. Over the last three weeks, Kendrick Bourne has seen target shares of 20.6%, 22.2%, and 16%. His highest target share in a single game from week one through week seven, so before this stretch, was 15.7%. He was usually in the 10 to 12% range. He's still not running more routes than Jacoby Myers and Nelson Aguilar. So not all of his peripherals are getting better. But I think he's worth a dart throw this week, given the matchup and his uptick in target share. Atlanta's been the 12th best matchup for wide receivers this year in adjusted fantasy points allowed. And if you want a big play, which Kendrick Bourne can create, the Falcons are 6th in deep ball completion rate allowed. Someone like Jacoby Myers is a safer play than Kendrick Bourne. But I'd prefer Bourne to Aguilar given his recent performances. And then the final player in this tier that I want to talk about is Marcus Johnson. I mentioned Johnson as the 16th transaction this week on the 15 transaction show because he's been playing as the Titans' number two wide receiver without Julio Jones this year. Johnson's been active for three games where Julio Jones didn't play, 
in those games, he saw target shares of 23.8%, 15.6%, and 22.2%. He averaged over five targets per game in those contests. Now he gets Houston in a game where the Titans have a 27.5 point implied team total. So I think he makes a lot of sense as a sleeper this week. The last tier was pretty tough for me this week. I'm not going to lie. Some weeks, there are a lot of players that are rostered in fewer than 10% of leagues that you can play. But this week, I don't have as much confidence. Let's start with the player who was talked about on the 15 transaction show, though. And that's Adam Troutman. Troutman's seen his route participation jump over the last few weeks. And he's averaged a 17% target share per game as a result. That's turned into six, seven, and six targets over his last three. Now he gets Philadelphia. The Eagles have been strong against wide receivers this year, but they rank fourth in adjusted target share allowed to tight ends and first in adjusted points allowed to the position. So giving up a lot of looks to the position and the position is scoring a lot of fantasy points against them. That makes Troutman a nice deep sleeper. In that same game, let's go to Quez Watkins. The biggest issue for any Eagles pass catcher is volume, right? Since that Detroit game, they've been running the ball a lot more. Over the last three weeks, Jalen Hurts has averaged just 18 pass attempts per game. Now, can they do that against New Orleans? I'm not so sure. At least it wouldn't be smart to just run the ball against them because they can stop the run. Opposing offenses have had a pass rate that's ninth highest in the league this season against the Saints. So if Philly throws the ball a little bit more, that could help Watkins. He's averaging 18.5% target share per game over his last five. There's nothing wrong with that. That's fine for a deeper play like this. And he's played 70% of his snaps from the slot this season. New Orleans, meanwhile, they rank third in target share allowed to the slot this year. Is he a deep play? Yeah, of course. But there's at least some logic to using him in deep formats. And then the last player in this tier is another player with Quez in his name, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. In week 10, MVS ran more routes than Alan Lazard, which was different than in week 9 when he was coming back from his injury. He still hasn't seen very strong target shares over his last two, so this is definitely a Hail Mary attempt. But we know that MVS is a deep ball guy. He's a big play wide receiver. That's how Green Bay uses him. Well, Minnesota, his opponent ranks fourth in 15-plus air yard rate, meaning a high percentage of the throws that they've faced this year have gone 15 or more air yards. Maybe MVS can break one this week and pay off. I'd prefer going to someone like Quez Watkins if you want more of a floor, and honestly, he's probably got a similar ceiling. But it's a tough week for these deep sleepers. I'm trying to associate players who get snaps in decent game environments with good quarterbacks. And that's what we get with Valdez Scantling. Let's talk about four players you can consider benching who are rostered in 75% or more of Yahoo leagues. I've been really hit or miss with this section over the last month, so hopefully I'm more hit this week than miss. I just talked about MVS, and in that game is Kirk Cousins. I think Cousins is fine enough, but Green Bay's defense has been playing really well. They're currently a fringe bottom five matchup for quarterbacks when looking at adjusted fantasy points allowed. And they've only given up two top 12 performances this year. One of those came in week one. The Vikings are also regression candidates. They've got a pass to rush touchdown ratio this year of 4.5. That leads the league. If that hits a more median outcome, then more of their touchdowns will become ground touchdowns and that would hurt Kirk Cousins. Zach Moss saw just 41% of the team's running back rushes and was held without a target this past week. Matt Breida was in on the action and he stole some work through the air. I just don't know how you can confidently trust Moss now as a result. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if he comes out and he sees a similar share that he had been seeing before his concussion. And maybe the concussion had something to do with his usage this past week. 
But Indianapolis is also 27th in adjusted points allowed to running backs. So the matchup isn't phenomenal either. Now, it's pretty tough to find running backs in this range to bench. I'm not going to lie. But I think there's some reason to be a little bit skeptical with Michael Carter this week. I talked about it on yesterday's 10 Trends show, but with Mike White under center, the Jets have been targeting their running backs at almost a 40% rate, which is absolutely absurd. With Flacco in the mix, that might change, and that would bring a lower floor for Michael Carter. I think he's fine enough because it's hard to find volume at the position, but there may actually end up being less upside for Carter this week with the quarterback change. And then finally, I'm going to go to Allen Robinson again. He had the best performance of his season against Pittsburgh the last time that we saw the Bears, but he still had just six targets and 10.8 PPR points. Baltimore's a below average matchup for wide receivers, and that game could see fewer plays run in general given how run heavy both teams are. If Robinson's able to build off of his week nine performance, great. You know you have another option potentially moving forward, but I wouldn't risk it this week. As for the defensive streamers, I already talked about Miami earlier this week going up against New York, and I still like them with Joe Flacco under center. Don't overthink it. If you want a deeper play, though, you could go to the Chargers against Pittsburgh. At the time of this recording, I don't know for sure who's going to be starting for Pittsburgh at quarterback. But I think regardless, you can feel good that the Chargers can defend them. Their secondaries played well all season long. And even though they can't stop the run, don't confuse a good run game with a good running back. Najee Harris is great, but the Steelers' run game is still below average according to Number Fire's expected points model. FanDuel Sportsbook has the Chargers as pretty big home favorites, and that makes them a reasonable streamer. That's going to do it for today's show, though. Thanks to all of you for listening. If you've yet to subscribe to the Late Round Podcast, make sure you are by searching for it pretty much anywhere podcasts can be found. And don't forget to follow me on Twitter, at LateRoundQB. One more show this week, everyone. The Mailbag episode, that'll drop tomorrow. I'll talk to you then.